What's up, Fraser Friday? Just Braun and Podfather for now. Word on the street is that Eric Kratz will join us soon, though. He just got knocked out of day two of the poker tournament at Borgata. Um, we got a busy day, too. Kevin Pilar is going to join us in about 15 minutes. I know Kratz wants to try and get himself no up and ready for that because that's one of his former teammates, I believe. Corbin Burns later on. Ken Rosenthal is going to join us. And I want to start with this because we are less than 24 hours away. Todd Father's big Pong tournament, yes. all for charity going down. Obviously, you can't be in the tournament anymore. That sold no. out a, a minute ago. But you maybe can still swing by. Right? Always, of course. There's plenty of there's tickets. Yeah, there's plenty of tickets you can swing by easily. Okay, thirty five dollars to get in. Uh, there's going to be a lot of prizes, men and women. There's going to be a fifty fifty. There's going to be a lot of giveaways, uh, a silent auction, a uh, real auction, live auction, and you know you can win some really good prizes. So all the money goes to Children's Specialized Hospital and uh, the equipment that these kids need to get back on their feet. So it's going to be a really special day. And again, thank you guys for letting me talk about it here because it's going to be going to be an awesome day. Everybody's yeah. anxious. Can't wait to get to it's it. It's going to be fun. We yeah. got a lot of FT crew coming through. Yeah, yeah. Let's go. Maybe so, hey, we got some teams. You, first, second or third place get some really good prizes. I like it. Are you going to be part of the auction, like the live auction? We have a guy coming. We have a guy who yeah. does it. Yeah, yeah. We have a guy. It wasn't going to be like yeah. You going? Hey, <laughs> yeah, no, 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 no. I'm, I'm. My voice will probably be gone by then. True, so, true. But yeah, it. it, it There'll be there's some really good prizes and hopefully um, some sports fans in there because they're gonna want some. Yeah, there'll be some some VIPs in the house too. So yes. uh, yeah. make sure you swing by. It's in South Jersey. If you want more info, check out any of Todd's social accounts. Yes. Um, and you can see and some of ours too, obviously as well. So all right, let's charge the damn mound, shall we? Let's start with MVP winners. Shocker, Ron Lacuna Jr. and Shohei Otani winning it. And Shohei is. <laughs> he is a different cat. He's show no. He's show no. He's, he's I love it. Show rejection. Okay. <laughs> so, so he wins, and I think he went on TV for like a minute. Um, but really, he hasn't spoken to the media in a while now. And then there's also reports coming out about the mysterious free agency that he will hold it against teams if his free agent meeting with them becomes public. Have you ever heard of that before? This guy, this guy's got teams by the by the cojones. <laughs> and listen, <laughs> I I don't know what goes on in this guy's mind. I've never heard of it before, but I don't know. I I, I think I, I think I like it a little bit. I I don't know. You you feel like as a player, you feel like the team always has you by the cojones a little bit. You know, like hey, this is what you're gonna make. This is what you're gonna do. You got to go to this appearance. You got to do this. You know, this is the price we want you. If you don't like it, take it or leave it. Now he's just flipping the script a little bit. But hey. You speak about anything that we talked about or gets out of there, you're done to me. Is this the Sopranos? Hey, hey listen. <laughs> he he might have been here about an hour ago. We were going Tony? over. No, listen. It's, well, I'll give it's you more very context. Interesting. So Jeff Passan, you know, did a big story the other day and included in it was, quote, if there's one thing to know about Shohei Otani's free agency, it's that you are unlikely to know much about it until he signs somewhere. Quote, if, and this is from his story. If visits between Otani and the team are reported publicly, it will be held against the team. So the circles will be tiny and tight. I mean, that also hurts a recruiting pitch, too. Think about it, right? Because last time around, when he was going through that whole process, yes. teams were like, hey, let me bring someone famous on, right? Like, let me bring some of the big players on and all of that. So now you're going to have to, like, send out this message. Even, let's say you're the Dodgers, and you, you're talking to, like, Betts and Muncie and Freeman and these dudes, and you're like, listen, though. 
if you blow this first, if you say one thing to your family, even yeah. he's not coming here. Like, what, what do you? I, if I'm say Freddie Freeman, I'm like that. That's too much. Okay, I'm I'm telling my family where I'm going today. Okay, this isn't the CIA. <laughs> freaking baseball and relax I, also who cares why, why does yeah. it matter well, you think of the, the one side you want other teams in, in love because then you can have that that auction we talk about back and forth and like oh this guy we just heard he wants 400 million well now they're at 420 but what happens if somebody comes out just say you're like hey r- reports have shown i got an insider that says the dodgers have been talking to him and you know you might not the, the ownership might not even said anything so what happens if a report just comes out and he's like you know what Forget about it. You're done. And they're like, yo, dude, I didn't say nothing, man. Come back. Ready? I didn't say nothing. Dude, there could be yeah, there could be know? a lot of layers to this, okay? Yeah. So first off, you could have a spy who finds out where he's going and then acts like the team leaked it out and that hurts the team. Do you get what I'm saying? So yeah. here, I'll give you the Go example. Go ahead, and then I have something too. Okay. So let's say, you know, the Dodgers and Giants, right? They're sure. rivals in the West. They both want For them. instance. Okay. Yeah. For example, let's say there is somebody on the um, Giants side that leaks out to a reporter because mm-hmm. some reporters will take anything and sure. some ha- are much more into their sources and checking things. Sources. But they go, hey, listen, Otani, he, he's talking to this team and he visited them and they spoke and whatever. And then they report that. And then he goes, yeah. Dodgers, I told you not to say yeah, anything. Exactly. You're punished. And on the flip side, how about this? They're going back and forth. Say they're four teams just going back and forth. And he's like, you know what? I really don't want to go on this team. But at the same time, you know, maybe I want to do something else. How about my agent call up uh, Buster or Kirchin, yeah, whatever, and say, hey, listen, the Dodgers want him. And then they, he puts it out there and he goes, hey, I told you so. Guess what? Told nobody to, to do anything. And it was his agent at the same time. So there, there could be some manipulation going on. There could be some traction. There could be some craziness. This guy, he, he doesn't talk to reporters, as we know. For months. <laughs> no. The last time he spoke to reporters, I believe, was August 9th. Yeah, let's show this. So from Sam Blum, who covers – the Angels for the Athletic, Otani was set to take questions tonight from reporters for the first time since August 9th. Mm. However, after a 30-minute delay, the league announced that his conference call was canceled. The most mysterious free agency will remain that way. And so he doesn't want to talk to media. Because also, let's be real. If they said, hey, we're having technical difficulties, I'm so sorry, but he'll talk to you tomorrow, I think everyone would adjust their schedule story. and say, okay, we'll do the conference call for the MVPs that we do every year tomorrow, but he's, that's not getting rescheduled. He's one of the only guys that can get away with this because of his stature. He's gonna. He's inv- a legend. He's probably gonna pitch again after sir, you know, down the road, or at least try to and see where it goes. He's one of the best hitters in the league. He's just—he's the most mysterious man on this earth. But, it's nuts. but why? Like, I'm just curious, and it's fine. Whatever. Do, do you? He's got all the leverage in the world. Yeah. He is a unicorn and he's the best player in the game right now. But I don't know why are we going to this extent. It's, it's pretty, I don't, there's, there's gotta be some underlying kind of factor or some, something weird because it's been going on for a long time now as well. So there's, did he do this in Japan? We don't know. Did, don't is it so. just something that he doesn't like doing or is it something like, I don't want to do it because then I'm not going to do it. And guess what? It's not going to hurt me in anything. So I, I will tell I'm you this, sure. if you want to grow the game, yeah, it, both within the country and definitely internationally, yeah. accessibility is important. No doubt. So I agree. It, it would be nice to have, you know, a conversation 
Hear once say every something quirky four or five something, yeah. months with the media or whatever. I, yeah. they, you don't have to go up there and say, hey, let me tell you exactly how this free agent process yeah. is going to go. Let me tell you who likes me, who doesn't, blah, blah, blah. But I don't know. That's that's yeah, wild to me. Is his, his puppy stole the show. Yeah, that was funny. Yeah, that <laughs> was real. We know more about the pup, I think, than we do about Shohei right now. <laughs> so just saying. All right, let's get to some trades. So the Braves and White Sox did a little quantity for quality action as Aaron Bummer goes over to ATL, and they've done a really nice job of picking up stuff guys, relievers, bringing them over and making them even better. Pierce Johnson, great example this past season. Joe Jimenez has been a good reliever for them now uh, this past season as well. Five players going the other way. Mike Soroka, Mm -hmm. who was a stud at one point, just could not get back on the field, and he was going to get non-tendered. Jared Schuster, who um, still a nice prospect, kind of dropped a little bit down their depth chart. Nicky Lopez, who play, they acquired play, this play past year. You play with Nicky, yeah. yeah. In the USA good defender, ball. right? Yeah, sick when, glove. When, and when he gets hot, he's he's pretty darn good. He and, play, and utility guy, he could play a couple different positions. He was he was going to get non tendered as well, yep. apparently by the Braves, due to make about four million bucks. So he'll make that with the White Sox. Uh, Braden Shoemake, who actually had a really good spring training for the Braves, but the last yeah. two seasons in the minors hasn't hit well, and other guys have passed him. Um, and then Riley Goins, uh, who also has potential to at least be a, a decent reliever in the big. So um, thoughts on this for both sides? I I think it's an unbelievable pickup for the Braves, as usual. Finding, you know, I feel like the Braves are the, the Tampa Bay Rays of the National League finding these relievers. He's got length. I mean, Bummer's got this, this length, this crane kind of activity going on here when he throws. We talked about it before. He's got one of the nastiest sinkers from the left side. That if you don't stay on that, you're in you're in trouble. Whether it's inside or outside, um, you always need lefties. And as a reliever, this is a monster pickup for the Braves, and I think this helps them out moving forward. Now for the White Sox, I don't know what they do. They got five guys. Where are they going to put them? I mean, how how are they going to do all this with what they have right now? I know Tim Anderson's not there anymore. So are they just going to have another? What if whatever season? I mean, I don't know what what they're trying yeah, he, to do. With they're trying guys. to refresh the yeah. roster, and you can see. So Mike Petriello put up the numbers for Bummer because Bummer actually had an ERA in the sixes this past season. That's fine, but his xERA was yeah. three and a half, yep. um, which is a, a pretty good indicator of what's going on there. You can look at FIP too. I mean, this was a guy. Also, if you want to just keep it more simple, look at his strikeouts were off the charts yeah. still this year. So you could say maybe a little bit of bad luck. And he's a the situational guy. He's, a, he's going to be the situational guy because they got a bunch of guys in the back end there as well. So they wanted to pick up another lefty yeah. reliever stuff wise though. Nothing like you said, this, this dude could be one of the best. And he was the two seasons yeah. before that. He was like a low three ZRA, yeah. you know? So um, looks like a good pickup. And yeah, for the White Sox, they're trying to, to just freshen things up. It's the first trade for Chris Getz taken over so i'm sure we'll get some more comments from our guys next week about it as well fifteen hundred dollar first bet offer is on when you use the bonus code foul for new users on the betmgm sportsbook app or when you hit up betmgm.com and sign up and deposit at least 10 bucks into your account place that first wager and receive up to fifteen hundred dollars back in bonus bets if the bet loses and if that happens your bonus bet will be available once your initial wager is settled gambling problem or concern call 1-800-GAMBLER poll results uh Big Woo, is he going to be re-signed by the Brewers by tonight, non-tendered or traded? And most people are saying they think he's going to get traded just based on the money situation. Um, should be super interesting to see because, hey, I would invest in Brandon Woodruff coming back and doing some damage if I was a team. Um, and we'll talk more with Corbin Burns about that in the second hour. Uh, Mr. Kratz, this is your time to let us know how your experience was before we get into the hardcore 
baseball combo with Kenny Ballgame and Mr. Burns in hour number two. How you feeling after the poker tournament? And thank you for jumping in like freaking, you know, like you were like AJ at the All-Star game drinking and then they needed an at-bat from you. <laughs> that's that's what I did. I did. I, de- I definitely hopped in for the pinch hit here. Man, I was if you followed the socials, I was kind of I was kind of I was everywhere in the first day because a lot of guys were playing very like, you know, the whole like live shtick. The dealer wasn't saying, you know, who raised or anything. It was just guys would throw stuff in. Guys would say nothing. One guy like was hiding his cards. So I had no idea. I had no idea he still had. So I went out turn like so the first day didn't feel great today way better today i had a lot of fun there was guys at the table one guy afterwards came up to me and he's like man that was a bad beat at the end i was like yeah i had a good time he goes he goes man good luck in the rest of your tournaments man i was like i don't know how many more i'm gonna be but i would do it again because i had you know i learned a lot more so so it was exciting and it's just an awesome event to be to, that they put on for me and treated me like gold so i'd do it i'd do it again for for the same for the same shtick yeah i like it we got to get todd father in there he's itching to get in a tournament the thing is i want to eventually get like a bunch of you guys together and and Uh, open up the mics and do it right up here if we want we should open up the mics and like Mm -hmm. let's let's talk through it because that's the good stuff and and kratz is right we got to bring some more personality out of some of the uh i I want kratz so bad let's get let's get going right now Yes, exactly. With Ken Rosenthal. Um, and Ken, wanted to see how you doing. And as you'd imagine, there's going to be that kind of ongoing battle with um, especially pitchers not happy about uh, the pitch clock news coming out that it could change. Um, and really, I think the next layer of it is the league set it up so that they can make the changes whenever they want. So I, I just feel like at some point we got to get the two sides to get along a little better. And they're all looking at it as we're just on on the the board just to hear things, right? Because we're never going to actually be able to swing a vote on any rules. Yeah. Well, I wrote about this today. Last season, there were 10 clarifications issued after opening day, adjustments to the new rules. Most involved the pitch clock, if I'm not mistaken, but not all of them. There were some different things that had to be addressed. And the players feel, and when I say the players, I mean in general, that they're concerns were not addressed until later, until those clarifications were issued. And what they're saying now is, why not just address these concerns now so we don't have to issue clarifications once the season starts? Wouldn't that make sense? And I agree with them. So their concerns are being heard. In fact, one of the proposals in there was suggested by Whit Merrifield. But in general, they oppose, a lot of pitchers oppose, this idea of going from 20 to 18. And one of the points that was made to me yesterday in preparing the story I wrote about all of the different changes that are being proposed and suggested, the complaint that I heard was, hey, we just had a really successful year. This was undoubtedly a success. Corbin said it too. Everyone agrees that the game is in a better place. Why can't we assemble more data, compile more data, and get to the point where we really know the impact of the clock on pitcher health and maybe have a better idea of how to go forward rather than take yet another step to reduce the clock, increase the stress on pitchers with runners on base. In my opinion, that's a fair concern. And it has only been one year. There's only one year of data on this. And let's face it, 
Pitcher injuries are complicated things. You can't blame them solely on the clock. Velocity is the biggest driver of pitcher injuries. Breaking balls are being thrown harder than ever. Fastballs, of course, that's what's going on. But at the same time, why increase the risk? As it was described to me yesterday, why take a 1% chance that injuries are going to increase for five minutes per game? Is that worth the 1% chance of injury? Maybe MLB would say yes. I would suggest that with injuries such a concern across the sport, the answer is no. Is this are, – are injuries a concern for owners in the sense that, like – because we saw what happened with – we saw what happened with football. Now, obviously, those were concussions. We're talking about arm injuries. Is there a committee that is committed to making this – making this, you know, doing this uh, investigation in the sense of, like – because we have a we have a competition committee who clearly thinks that five extra minutes cut off a game that's gonna like that's gonna improve it. Have they already started an investigation, or is this something that oh okay well now that you brought it up maybe we'll start an investigation, but we're still going to unilaterally make this change. Well, the thirty nine page document that the joint competition committee issued, and I got a copy of it, says on the very last page that injuries are definitely a concern that they are concerned throughout the sport and they are launching a study to try to get a better grasp of what is going on. Now, where these studies go, who knows? But they're aware. Now, what one player told me, speaking on condition of anonymity, is that Manfred, in his opinion, the commissioner, is speaking out of both sides of his mouth. He wants to take care of starting pitchers. He wants starting pitchers to become more prominent again. They're important for the sport. He recognizes that. And at the same time, by reducing the clock with runners on base from 20 seconds to 18, you are potentially increasing the risk of injury. And those two things do not go together. So there is disagreement on this front. And baseball's point is there has not been any proof that the clock and the injury rate are related. And as the season went on last year, as players become, became more accustomed to the clock and how to manipulate it, the times of games did increase. That's a valid concern. But my question would be, do we really need to do this right away? And that's the question players are asking. Talk about a trade that just went down between the Braves and White Sox. I feel like the Braves made out again. I was telling Scott before, they're like, it seems like they're starting to be the Tampa, the Tampa Bay team of the American League, and now they're the National League, the Rays, trying to get these pitchers to come in. Aaron Bummer, really good pitcher, left-handed guy. I know the numbers don't speak uh, of what he can be, but talk to us about that trade and, and who do you th who do you think made out? I think the Braves did. Actually, Todd, I thought both made out. And when you're the White Sox and you've got a reliever, a reliever who is part of a group of players that has the most volatile performance in the game, and you can turn that reliever into five players, I think you do that every time. And in the Braves' case, some of these players, actually all of them really, were expendable. But for the White Sox, if they get one or two contributors out of this, decent contributors, maybe Soroka becomes a valuable, a viable starter. Schuster the same. Nicky Lopez, a good utility infielder. Shoemaker went backwards last year. But if they get a couple of guys out of this that can contribute for them over a longer term, that to me is a good trade for them, the kind of trade that they should be making. Now, from the Braves' perspective, yes, Todd, you're absolutely right. They trade five guys that really weren't going to be important contributors for them next season for a guy who can be a very important contributor for him for them. Aaron Bummer is a top left-handed reliever. His 
advanced metrics show that. He's been that kind of guy, and they've got him under club control for potentially three years. So I really thought both teams made out pretty well here. I like that. Um, okay, let's get an update on the uh, Shohei Otani market. Um, your thoughts on what you've been hearing lately and potentially any new suitors in the mix because um, he didn't let anyone know where his head was at yesterday because there were technical difficulties for um, his MVP conference with the reporters. Well, that was a joke, first of all, and <laughs> that cannot happen. Here's a guy who has not spoken to the media in months. He wins the MVP and they can't figure out how to get him to the reporters, can't figure out how the access is going to work, the conference call, whatever it was. That was not good. As for what more we have learned, I don't think we know any more today than we knew a week ago or even a month ago. And it all rests with him. Now, I wrote a little note about how the some teams view the Blue Jays as a sleeper here, a potential sleeper. And yeah, that's possible. Toronto, international city, growing Japanese population. They might not be so willing to commit to Guerrero and even Bichette long-term as they were, say, a year ago. And sure, it would make sense for them, left-handed bat. But to me, the teams are going to be the same teams we've been discussing really from the beginning. And guys, it all, to me, comes down to what he wants. If he wants to play for the Los Angeles Dodgers, they'll give him the money he wants. If he wants to play for the Cubs, the Red Sox, name a team, name any team that's in this mix, the money is going to be there, in my opinion. It's just a matter of what his geographic desires are, what his competitive desires are, and where he wants to be. We don't know the answer to that, and we're going to eventually find out the answer to that. But as far as last night, good for him winning unanimous MVP. That was awesome. To do it twice now speaks to who he is as a player. But for whatever happened... I don't know what happened with the conference call, and maybe there was a perfectly valid reason. I would just say it should not have happened. Ken, I can tell you why there's not a valid reason, okay? And I'm not just going to throw conspiracy theories out there. And I can say with this one, I haven't spoken to anyone about this. This is just common sense, right? If there is technical difficulties with trying to get someone set up tech-wise to speak to reporters, I'll ask you this question. If the league came back to you and said, hey, sorry, Ken, and the dozens of other reporters that didn't get to talk to him. We're going to reschedule it for today. Are you guys cool with talking to Otani today? Or did we mess up everyone's schedules? They can reschedule this no. any freaking day. Absolutely. We're cool with him talking today. And from the beginning, and I don't know if this is Shohei's wish or if it's the wishes of his agent, Nez Bolello, if it's just a strategy that CAA has embarked upon. I'm not sure exactly where this is coming from, but they have protected him. They have hit him in some cases, and it works. No one's going to complain too much. He's Shohei Otani. He's doing amazing things on the field, and when he's available to us, he's available. But that was a bad look last night, in my opinion, and in general, some of the decisions that have been made here, I do question. For instance, when the surgery was announced, they would not announce what kind of surgery it was. Now, the doctor said some things and made a statement, but... It still has not officially been out there, whether it's Tommy John, whether it's Tommy John with an internal brace, whether it's some other procedure. Los Angeles Times has reported it was Tommy John. Why are we hiding the ball here? The teams are going to have to know at some point. You have to tell them if you're asking them for $500 million. So why can't the public know? And I just think that sometimes players in general are overmanaged 
this guy's getting overmanaged, in my opinion. Hey, Ken, are you going to be the cause of a team not signing uh, Otani? Because if you put something online saying this team is <laughs> is talking to Otani, he said he's not he's going to be pissed off and not have a decision made with that team, I heard. So you got to be careful, right? Uh, I have not heard that, Todd, and I seriously doubt anything I write is going to affect this decision. <laughs> hey, he said it. He, oh, hey, well, exactly. he didn't say it, but there was a report, yes. Report. And so, I, again, that's I think it just plays to what Ken's talking about. The, relax this is not the cia like come on a little more transparency here it's, it's that's the same thing one side of us is like he's amazing we love and respect the hell out of the player and we know he's busy as hell during the season but it's getting a little helicopter parentish for everyone um, i agree and how it, far it, it's going scott he has every right to do whatever he wants and i get mm -hmm. that there is however a responsibility that comes with being one of the best players and what his next team will face if this continues is a situation where reporters are going to his teammates and asking them questions about Otani if Otani is not willing to answer questions. Now, fans say all the time, well, you guys should leave the players alone. Yeah, that's fine. That's a good thing to think about when you're 500 miles away and when it's not your job. But here's the problem that exists in a clubhouse when that happens. And you guys can speak to this. When one player won't talk, the burden falls to other players. That is a problem, and it's not being a good teammate in that situation. So Otani's gotten away with speaking just after his stories. It's been fine. Uh, no one's really had major complaints. But I would imagine if I were a team committing that kind of money to him and basically making him the face of my brand, I would want a little more. And it's going to be really interesting to see if he's willing to give a little more because this has worked for him. And we all understand he works in a different level than other players do because he's doing two things. Everybody knows that. You can't talk to him every day. He's busy, man, before games. But at the same time, there's got to be a happy medium here, in my opinion. Yeah, and your colleagues, uh, Sam Blum at, at The Athletic, said it's been since August 9th. So we just want to yes. hear from you, Shohei, even if it's like not the craziest you know, conversation. So um, – on the topic of crazy, let's finish with the Oakland A's here. So uh, I'll go right to this quote because we've covered this story quite a bit the last few days, but haven't spoken to you since the news became official that obviously the voters were unanimous. Uh, Bill Shaken put up this quote from Rob Manfred's press conference from yesterday on Fisher. Over the long haul, yes, I think he has been a good owner. Do you agree? No. <laughs> and this failure of the A's to stay in Oakland and the inability to get something done there, everyone is blaming, or everyone being MLB and Fisher, is blaming Oakland for this. And I'm sure Oakland was not, at times, the most willing and able partner. But the way he ran the franchise down, the way this has all gone down, I'm sorry, you cannot say he is a good owner. Now, if you're Rob Manfred and you're employed by the owners, that's what you're going to say. And I don't recall that I've heard yet a crossword from Manfred about any owner. It just doesn't happen. And as much as we would like it to happen, the reality is he works for those guys. So he's going to defend those guys. He's going to be their shield. But that comment, as are some of the comments by Fisher over the last few days, is not being taken seriously by anyone who's paying attention here. Anyone who's paying attention here knows the way this franchise has been run over the years and while they were successful at times very successful at times and that is on john fisher's record what happened lately 
in the last, I don't know, five years to lead to this moment, to me, it's a bit unforgivable. And this should not have happened. And I don't know that it's going to be good for baseball that it did happen. I want to see how going to a team in a much smaller market is going to benefit this club long term. I want to see how this all works out for them. They've got all these grandiose plans. Okay, let's see if it happens. Let's see how they fare. Let's see if he increases payroll, if the revenues increase, or let's see if John Fisher just acts like John Fisher has acted for quite some time now. So let me follow up. Last one for you on the A's here. How much has this hurt? I've been using this word a lot lately. The brand of the franchise, because I've been saying, I'm sorry, Vegas, you're dealing with a really bad owner. So I hope that he sells is the best thing for you, because I want you to have fun with your baseball team and not be, you know, kind of ruined by this. And for the brand of the game, which you kind of touched on already, but for baseball itself, I mean, even in the press release that I read yesterday, and it was long from from Fisher. He says like, oh, we tried to get it done with private financing. And then like two, two paragraphs later, he's like, oh, the city didn't come through. I'm like, are you trying to fool people within the same press release? It's just to me, it's gotten so ridiculous. It was either him or Caval who said um, that, it, oh, it, it'll make money for Vegas and that'll get reinvested into schools like they're, no, that, they've gotten that so out of happened. hand. That has That's never ridiculous. happened in the history of public finance. Vegas. <laughs> Not happening. So um, it's offensive. That's a ridiculous statement. Yeah, I yeah. understand. But. Fisher, to me, he's under the gun here, so to speak. He needs to prove that he is going to make this work. And every time I've asked MLB about Oakland and the negotiations with Oakland and people in the game, other ownership types, they have been consistent, rightly or wrongly, in saying it just couldn't work there. Okay, maybe it just couldn't work there, but I don't know that their best, put, best foot was put forward put a better product on the field, maybe you get more fans, may, who knows what happens. But the whole thing has just left a sour taste in a lot of people's minds. And you asked Scott about the brand and the brand of Major League Baseball. Major League Baseball is not going to suffer much with this. The brand is what it is and it takes a little bit of a dent here. It will take a bigger dent if this does not succeed. And there's no guarantee of success here by any stretch of the imagination. The A's brand, on the other hand, that has taken a dent. And if I'm a fan in Las Vegas, I'm deeply suspicious of what's coming my way. I want to see proof that you're going to put a competitive team on the field before I give you my dollars and all these tourism dollars that they're expecting. Okay, maybe it happens, maybe it doesn't. But they're ultimately going to be held to the standard of success. That is not a standard that they have been willing to meet in recent seasons. They've gone backwards. They have one of the best management teams in baseball and a management team that was getting it done without much resources. And even that group couldn't get it done with what they gave them. So we'll see. We will see what happens here. And thanks for obviously, you know, being strong on this. And I'll just tell you, Ken, um, I spoke to some people and I'm going to continue to poll them. Um, Ace fans are not following the team, many of them. I, I, I was saying, I, I mean, I grew up a, a Nets fan. And when they moved to Brooklyn, it wasn't like all messed up like this. I just was like, oh, I don't feel the same connection I'm to with, them. I'm, I'm with you, dude. That's funny. The people that. don't realize, like, and then unless they're going to be Giants fans, we will lose fans in the sport. Like, that's real in my mind. So, um, no doubt that's real. And again, in the long run, if Vegas succeeds, it's all a wash, I guess. But sure. Again, we've talked about this for months, I've written about it. The way this all went down, not a good look. No. Yeah, I'm pissed. 
Ken, thank you. Besides that, though, have a nice weekend. We'll look forward to seeing any trades popping up. You too, guys. Take care. Appreciate you. Ken Rosenthal with us on FT Live. Do you feel that way? I did, man. So I'm, I'm, I was I'm Jersey. Keith I used Van to go Horn, to games Seth there. Marbury. Oh, exactly. Jay Kidd. And it wasn't ugly the way it went down. You know, it no, wasn't like it this. Just, just happened. And I'm like, there just goes was like, another hey. team out of New Jersey. I'm like, oh, weird. That For me, it just, it, it took away from my NBA fandom. Yep. And it definitely took away from my Nets fandom. I'm not rooting against them, but no. I'm not sitting there like, oh, this is my squad. Yeah, it just, no. it, it never felt the same. And it was like a very natural breakup. It, yeah, it was. It just you know what I'm went, saying? went away. Like, yeah, they're in Brooklyn. Like, okay, okay, cool. cool. I like Brooklyn, but it, it's not Jersey lost for me. me again. Yep, so exactly. I think that's going to happen. I really do. And I'm already hearing it because once we started, we, we asked our, our guy yesterday that we had on it, um, Scott Osler, and he was like, yeah, it's a good point. And I asked a couple of people since then, and they're like, no, I'm not going to be a fan of the Vegas A's living in Oakland now. I was like, are you going to be a Giants fan? They're like, I can't be a Giants fan. So I'm like, okay. There you go. Just saying, if you don't have a, a team and you're a fan, it hurts. So could have had a Vegas team and an Oakland team. But <laughs> here we are. Want to hit that's what he said? Let's hit it. Let's do it. So the uh, the saga continues, but I think got cleaned up quite a bit here. Um, and I do respect that with Brian Cashman um, readdressing uh, his thoughts on Giancarlo Stanton. So, and I'll give credit here. Um, he said, quote, I value Giancarlo Stanton as a player. Without a doubt, he's one of the big drivers when we do win. He's one of the few players you bring to New York that hasn't backed down, that has handled himself in a professional manner through thick and thin. He's one of the few players that... When the money's on the line, if you look at his postseason numbers, it's pretty impressive. He's a gifted, talented player. He's a feared hitter. We'd love to be able to deploy him at all times. And behind the scenes, and I think they were also trying to find out. I, I, I don't know if there was a quote on it, but you know if it would affect the Yamamoto situation because he has the same agent. And Joel Wolf, who usually who's the rep for both of them, is not going to come out firing, was was pretty pointed in his comments that he doesn't appreciate the GM of, of a current player like that. Um, saying, ah, forget it, he can't stay on the field. You know, even though it is real talk, plenty of people can say it. It's just weird coming from a front office person. <laughs> I like real talk, so you get a little bit conflicted with all of this, but at the same time, I mean, you work for the team. Like, that's I, that's taking it too far. So it sounded like he kind of just made up for it without an apology that I've seen officially, but maybe that's not what happens here. I don't know, Kratz. I, I think the one other thing that could have been added is, hey, my bad, if my words are misconstrued there, that's on me or, 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 Hey, I shouldn't have said that. No. Or, or, Hey, you know, I stand by what I said, but I still think he's a good player or I'm not saying that's what he should. But if you say it, I'm like, just saying no, we can say that most people can say that. He, I, he's know. like, listen, it might've been taken out of context. He's been injured for sure. But yes, this is what I still believe in him. Something like that. If, if that's where he was trying to go, there's, there's no apology. It just, He's talking how good he is now. So it's, it's what is going on here, bro? He might have been dot, 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 <laughs> but he's only playing 60 games next year. Uh, it's, it's crazy. Hey, Kratz, either way, what are you going to do? I don't think he has to put any apologies out there. He's got G's number. He can talk to G. He doesn't need to tell Brian Hope, hey, uh, make sure, you know, I apologize to – to Giancarlo Stanton and all the words I said. No, he's got his number. Apologies are are for man to man, not not man to media to man. So I think what he said, he hasn't like tell me tell me if he's lied. Anything that he said, tell me if he has lied in in the whole Giancarlo Stanton thing. No, no. of course not. 
nothing. And that's what we want. We want honesty. What if all what if all GMs talked like this? It would be kind of wild. What, I'll tell you, actually, you want to know the answer? We'd bring them on the show. Because we'll, we'll bring some on in the, in the wintertime, but I've talked about this. Most of them are programmed as bots now, too, and they don't really say anything about anything. So I get what you're saying. So That's why I'm conflicted. Want. No, it, it is what we want, but... You heard you heard Giancarlo's feelings? G knows no, that. He's like, not like, He's not hurt. I mean, he probably isn't like, oh, cool, thanks for putting my biz out there. Like, you don't have to put my business out there, but I don't, like... When people when people talk about like getting booed at a stadium, like there, I don't know of anybody that's ever gotten booed and was like, "Man, I, I actually did really good in that situation." Maybe overall, you feel like ah, you shouldn't be booed because of what you've done, like like in ju- like Judgy hitting sixty two dingers, and then in the playoffs they booed him. He wouldn't have sat there and been like, "Guys, I did so good in the playoffs," like. Why are these guys booing me? He knew he didn't do well. Now he could say overall, he he didn't, you know, he did not deserve to be booed. But that's the same thing with G there. Like he's not sitting there going, hey man, you know, I'm just gonna get hurt. So that's that's my life. No, he's not saying that. But he knows he's been hurt, and I'm sure he's working at it. I'll, I'll try to figure out that- whatever he can do if there's something he can do. Yeah, and Kratz, there are there are some GMs who have talked about players um, not being able to stay on the field. Like, hey, we got to get this guy on the field more consistently, whatever. <laughs> I think clearly either G or his rep were pissed about it because you got a statement back from them, which you usually wouldn't get. Mm-hmm. I think the part that probably rubbed them the wrong way was like, we know he's going to get hurt, you know, like for this coming season. You know, you're, you're projecting versus going in the past. So maybe, because I was trying to think of, of, of how to phrase it correctly. You know what I'm saying? Like, and it's the same thing. Someone else can say that, but if, if you're the, the dude who's running the team and you're already saying the guy's going to get hurt next year, even if, yeah, there's a percentage chance that there's a pretty high percentage chance that you're right. Based on the injury history, I actually have heard front office people in the past say, hey, we, we got to just figure out a way to keep him on the field. Cause when he, yeah, when that's we do, the simple answer. we got it. That's the but simple that answer. it was yeah. the way it was said, which I still think might've been just coming off a tough week for him in terms of how he was, addressing a lot of topics but oh he's gonna get hurt next year like i don't know kratz you're a real talker is that how if we were getting you as a front office dude if you were running any team and we asked you about a player that's hurt all the time would you i know you wouldn't phrase it that way you might phrase it the way i just said wouldn't you hey this dude's been been hurt a lot it sucks because we want him on the field so let's figure that out not well we know he's going to be hurt adjust accordingly (laughs) Yeah, I mean, hinting around what people are saying, you know, you got you got to know the person too. Like, you can't just come. Like, I think that's that's something that's funny. You know, a lot of people in media don't they don't know Giancarlo Stanton. They don't really know Cashman and how they talk. And so, I think you saw a candid moment from Cashman. No, I would not have said it the way he did, but he was being he was being real. And I think if G was like standing there when he said that, he would have been like, what? Like, these are two men that can talk about this. Como? Como se dice? And they can talk about it. So, no, no, I probably wouldn't have. But I would definitely, because of what we're doing here on this show, 
I encourage guys to be okay with being real when they talk because it's okay to ask for forgiveness in this situation. He wasn't questioning his work ethic. He wasn't questioning. He was stating it probably a little bit too coarsely. He wasn't stating anything that was a lie about G. He just, you know, he could have he could have minced his words a little bit better. But then it gets to the whole point of what you said, Scott. Like sometimes these guys get up there and they're like, well, we just want to make sure that everybody stays on the field and we try our best. You're right. You're, you're spot on there. No, I, I want more real. I want, you know, Perry Manasian and the GM of the Angels telling me about how he really feels about Anthony Rendon right now. You know, like I want some of that, mm-hmm. some of that heat on, on what's going on. Yeah, the transparency actually would, would help on some fronts, especially when the situations are murky. So I'm with you. All right, let's slap. Kratz hats. What do you, you got something for us today? Even no way. No way. You're muted, Kratz. You're muted. You're muted. It's the same hat that I wore yesterday. It, I, ah, I should have. Nice. I, I had a second hat. I had a second hat in my car, and I forgot to get it. So instead of my Kratz hats, I want to drop a little bit of Ken Rosenthal conspiracy that I wrote down. He said Otani possibly to the Blue Jays. Do you think that could be like a ploy for the younger guys? Maybe contract extensions. Like, hey, if you guys don't sign these extensions we have out to you, Bichette, Vladdy. Uh, we're going to go ahead and spend that money on Otani. And then you have no contract extension. Maybe? Conspiracy theory? Maybe. Maybe. Well, we know he's I not going to the like now. They've got enough <laughs> swag that they're like, okay, I'm good. And also, how about this? Maybe conspiracy theory back at you. Maybe one or both of them don't want to be there anymore. Mm. There's a chance that that's the case. No? I don't know enough about the situation, but I, I feel like, like Bo's got a lot of swag. He's going to be a good player in the league for a while. I feel like you, you come back at him, I'd be like, okay, you don't like me that much, and I don't like the offer you're giving me. Go ahead, go mm-hmm. sign Otani. I also think, even from the player and the rep perspective, for those two guys, for example, Kratz, still think it's a pretty lofty shot that the Blue Jays are going to outspend most people. They just haven't operated like that. They operate nicely, but they don't operate at, at the top. You know, very. It, it, it would be smart they, for them this... to do that, but I don't know. I don't see. You think Otani to Toronto? Hard to see that. This is a this is this is the team that I feel like people don't understand how their money can fluctuate. The Canadian dollar fluctuates. They have an opportunity to spend a little bit more. And lastly, let's do our candy giveaway. Um, the winner of a Kyle Tucker oh. signed baseball plus a digital collectible from Candy Digital is Vic. Congratulations, Vic. Vic's a Yanks fan. Let's go. Nice little backdrop. I'm sure Frage liked it. Beautiful. Congrats, bro. Good stuff, Vic. Uh, it was very simple. You follow us and Candy. You retweet the post. We announced it a few days ago that we were going to run this, and one person was going to have a, a chance to win it. They just did. Vic, congratulations. Um, hit us up, and we'll uh, we'll send you the goodies, both digitally and physically. Um, <laughs> Appreciate everyone for joining us this week and want to 
wish a good luck to the FT fam participating in the Pong tourney on Saturday. We'll report back. We'll take some picks and bids. There'll be a lot from the FT team for Todd, Fa Todd Father's big fundraiser. So let's go, um, baby. We'll be back, though, also for everyone to know. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, we got shows leading up to Thanksgiving. Um, and Todd Father's going to be with us early next week. Deserve. And I, I mentioned a name, a pretty big one, that I think is going to join us next week as well. I'll say it, whatever. I think Max Scherzer's coming on. I think Monday. So get ready for that. We'll see you on Monday. Have a great weekend, everyone. Bye. See you. Hey, get in on the action with the FT fam at BetMGM. New customers use the bonus code FOUL, F-O-U-L, for a $1,500 first bet offer. Download the BetMGM Sportsbook app on iOS or Android or visit BetMGM.com. Sign up and deposit at least $10 into your BetMGM Sportsbook account. Place your first wager and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if the bet loses. If that bet does lose, your bonus bets will be available once your initial wager is settled. Gambling problem or concern? Call 1-800-GAMBLER.